Okay, Commissioner's Court meeting at this time. I think we need to uh, open the meeting. So, do I have a motion? Will we open? Is there a second? Second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. All opposed? Motion carries unanimously. Our God and Creator, we thank you for truly another beautiful today day today in Fayette County. We thank you for another precious day, another day of precious life for all of us here in attendance today as we enter this season of gratefulness and uh, we thank you for all the many blessings that you've given to our county. Uh, please help us to continue to remember those who are not as blessed as we are. And we ask that you as our county residents enjoy this holiday, that you please, please be with them and grant them safe travels to and from their destinations. In your name we pray. Amen. Consider take appropriate action approving the following minutes from our previous meetings, the 10 November regular meeting and the 17 November special meeting. I move we approve the following minutes to the November 10th and November 17th meeting. Is there a second? Second. Any further discussion? We continue. Thank you for sending those out to us electronically. All in favor? Aye. Uh, Motion carries unanimously. And we'll sign those minutes.
Okay, thanks. Our second agenda item is open public comments, petitions, requests, or statements by the public. Anybody this period of time? Anybody that had anything? They would. Mr. William Burnson Plum. Uh, thank you all for everything y'all do for the county. Wanted to comment on the conversation that was had at a couple of court uh, meetings ago. It was the last regular session, and it was during Clint's report of the monthly subdivisions. And Commissioner Harvey had asked a question about um, awareness about the permitting process for permitting structures in the county. And it reminded me of some research I had done during the campaign in the zoning ordinance, and not, not the zoning ordinance, but the floor flood ordinance in this county. And why so I wait, why, Bill, why don't you come through here and just kind of face them? They, they, they can hear you better, I think. That might work. You mean yeah. face this way? Yeah, just kind of face okay. them in that, that your address. So, um, uh, where, I don't know where, where, where I was, but I went back and read the flood regulations. And the first thing I noticed was that it used the authority, for, it gave the reference in state law for where it got its authority. I went to the state law and looked there, it was only six pages long. It basically just implements the national flood insurance program. So I went and looked at the national flood insurance uh, program and it's 134 pages long with all the editorial comments. I didn't read all that, I skimmed it, I read the table of contents. I'm familiar with what's in there. The state law is simple. It's easy. Fayette County's regulation is 25 pages long. Now to put that into context, the septic regulations are two or three pages, maybe four. The subdivision regulations are seven to 11 pages. I can't forget, but it's less than 11, more than seven. And the flood regulations are 25 pages and they're very onerous. And so I want to describe the very reasonable things that I heard this court say two weeks, three weeks ago, and I want, and I want to compare that to the very unreasonable things that your flood regulations say. And what I heard was, you got to have any, any structure permitted in the county. And that it's easy, it's simple, all we want is compliance. There's no penalty, just do it, it's easy. Even if you're in mid-construction, it's okay, you know, just do it, there's no penalty. And if it's post-construction, the only penalty is you might have to remove it. Well, it's not that simple. And so I've got the flood regulations here. I'm going to read the definition of the term development. It means any man-made change to improved or unimproved real estate. Any man-made change. It doesn't say structure. Now let's read. We don't need the structure. Okay. All developments within the unincorporated areas of the Fayette County without first securing a permit is prohibited. So what is development? Any man-made change to real estate. Think about what changes we make to real estate on a daily basis. And then let's talk about the penalty. There is a penalty and it's very ugly. No structure shall be constructed, altered. No land shall be altered in the county. If you do, it's a class C misdemeanor. There's, the civil penalty is $100 a day fine per day per violation. So if you have three non-conforming structures, that's $300 a day. There's a criminal penalty of $500 per day per violation. So there is ugly penalties. And I want to remind the people in this county, 
These regulations are new, but this government has enforced these regulations under the threat of jail time. When Country Club flooded, people from this government walked up and down the road and threatened those people with arrest if they tried to clean up their properties. This government has threatened bulldozer operators in this county with jail time for moving dirt without government permission. I'm telling you, what they're telling you is very reasonable, but we, this is a government, we live in a republic where the rule of law matters. In a democracy where the rule of man matters, we can trust their reasonableness. But what I'm more concerned with is the reasonableness of this piece of paper. This is what gets enforced in court. If they choose not to enforce it, that's on them. What about the next court? What if the next court's not so reasonable? We know the last court wasn't as reasonable. And what I would prefer, instead of relying on the ability of the population to elect reasonable leaders, is that let's make sure that the paper that those leaders must uphold and obey and defend are reasonable. This is unreasonable, and I would ask the court to put this on the agenda so that we can have a two-way dialogue and an in-depth conversation. There's a lot more I can say about this, but I don't have that much more time. It matters, this hazard mitigation plan they're working on right now. That lady in her public comments laments the fact that we don't have California's type building restrictions in this, in this state because they can't do enough because we're not like California. And she, she laments that and jokes about it. So everything the county does, this is big city bureaucracy, agenda 2030, knocking on the door of Fayette County. This is the, this is the, these are the tools that the big government global governments crowd likes to use to restrict private property rights and it's trying to get into Fayette County right now. And so we need to have a very in-depth conversation about that and I thank you for your time. Thank you. Anyone else have any public comments they'd like to make? Yes, well, I'd like to thank the, com the Commissioner's Court for everything they do. It's not an easy job. A lot of people don't seek it because it is hard to do and everything else. I have a couple of questions. Uh, I noticed on the agenda that uh, there's more speed limits being added to the county, uh, different roads and stuff, and I understand that. My question is, and like I said, this is just open comments, so I don't have to fill out a lot of paperwork and everything else, but the people that are for or against the speed limits, how many times have they been down the same road and broke the same limit? That's something they need to ask themselves. And I'm not in favor of speed limits to the, I mean, we, we, you know, we're down on a county road, we don't need 70 mile an hour speed limits, I understand that. But does my, my, I've not been here, I've been here 32 years, but I am not sure if the county has a county-wide speed limit on all roads other than what's posted. Then that's you can answer that afterwards after the commissioner's board meeting if you want to talk to me. The next thing I have is if you call eight one one, because you want to do something along the county road and that, and they come out and they flag everything else, and we get something like a water line or something else that's not flagged, who is responsible for that, and can we be sued? Because my understanding is there are some water lines and stuff that are not, when you call 811, are not tagged. And that's just my, I mean, 
it's just a countywide thing, so I just need a clarification of whether or not all things when you call 811 that we are covered by calling and flagging stuff. For a prime example, in my neighborhood, they put in fiber optic this last year, and the neighbor wanted in and changed his driveway and everything else. He went and got the thing, called out, and they came out, called the Colorado Valley, flagged everything else, and they flagged the wrong phone line, and they pulled out a quarter of a mile of fiber optic. And they turned around and told the landowner that he was responsible. Well, he's not the one that tagged everything. He worked within the signs of the flag. So my question is, if we get everything flagged by 811, are we covered? Because we've done everything that we legally are entitled to do. And that's just something that I think everybody in Fayette County needs to think, think about. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else have any public comments? Okay. If uh, we're not in a vigorous discussion with those who just relayed those comments, it's not that we don't care. It's that by state no, code and state law, we can't, we can't during this period of the meeting. But what we can do is take this in and as our first speaker said, uh, consider it to put it on future updates and agendas to, for open discussion. So we thank you all for your public comments, and they are important to us. We do care and we do listen. So, okay, with that said, do I have a motion? I move we accept the comments from Mr. Bernson and Mr. Reed and close <coughs> public comment. Is there a second? Second. Any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. Aye. All opposed? Motion carries unanimously. <coughs> Agenda item three is to open and hold a public hearing to consider and accept comments, both written and oral, from members of the public concerning an appropriate speed limit for the following county roads. Tynert Road, Precinct 1, East Parker Road, Bittner Road, Precinct 3, and accept comments and close our public hearing. <coughs> so move we open. I move okay. we open the public hearing. Is there a second? Second. Any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. Aye. All opposed? Motion carries unanimously and now the public hearing is open. Would one of the commissioners like to address there? Well, on uh, the Bittner Road is where the uh, 7V Solar has their, their main entrance. So we've got a main entrance for 7V, which is going to be, at this particular time, is very, very uh, hectic at all hours of the day. LCRA also put a substation <coughs> right next to it, so there's a lot of traffic going in and out on, on Bittner Road. So <coughs> I felt the need to, uh, I'd like to lower that speed limit on that one. And then on the East Parker Road is um, uh, a lady called me the other day. She said she'd been there for 35 years and never thought anybody would move to that remote location. Well, now, since then, there's probably 15 to 20 families that moved in on that particular road. <coughs> And um, it's a road that is, uh, it's a little windy. It's got a bunch of little hills up and down. And um, the truck traffic also uses that from 609 to 154, cut across there. So there's a lot of traffic. There's a few oil wells on that road also. So uh, some of the citizens uh, asked me about lowering the speed limit on that road also. And I just thought 60 or 65 <laughs> is, is an unsafe travel speed for that particular road. So that's the other reason why I would like to lower the speed. Now, there are some particular roads that I agree that are pretty wide open roads and they don't have a lot of curves and, and things like that that do not need to be set as low as 40 or 45 but this particular road i believe is, is 60 is an unsafe speed for that road so that's why i decided to put this road in also 
said earlier is when people ask me about speed limit the first thing I tell them is you do realize you have to abide by it uh, so once we said it they do uh, a lot of the speed limits that we're putting on there I mean in my precinct is for oil field traffic because if we don't have a speed limit it's just like the man the lady said I mean they're going the speed limit at 60 miles an hour which is way too fast going 20 feet from somebody's house so so you're telling me that county has a wide uh, state uh, countywide speed limit of 60 unless otherwise posted. That's about. state law. Oh, okay. state law. State law. Well, I was asking whether or not the county had. Okay. No, we don't. Gotcha. That's why we have to do this every time on a road. I understand. It's a, about a month long process to do it. Okay. We can't just go put up a speed limit sign. No, no. I, I knew the reason why you had to have a meeting. I, I just didn't know that that, that that was defaulted to the state government. Uh, uh, that answers my question. Thank and you. I think all of us would rather not have them because we're <laughs> continually having to put them back up because they get stolen no, or I'm, shot at yeah. or run over. <clears throat> Mostly run over. Mr. Burns will be able to Anybody else? This is a public hearing on the speed limits. Anybody else have anything they'd like to offer? Or? Will there be any kind of monitoring of those speed limits? Uh, like, I mean, how does that work? I mean, that signs can go up, but after that, it goes to the law enforcement. Okay. So, I mean, what I usually tell people is to just contact the sheriff's department if you see anybody. And two, if you you got to realize there's not enough deputies to be out there all day. So, if you can pinpoint a time, a kind of vehicle, that'll help them out a bunch. All right, thank you. Or a license number, I guess. You know, a lot of times, if there's a particular maybe um, a contractor out there that's uh, maybe moving for the oil well or some, some oil pads or maybe for the uh, soda farm particular ones you let us know or we'll go to the soda company and say listen you've got some contractors here driving way too fast speed limit is 40 you know we're going to call DPS we're going to call the sheriff's department out here and, and once we do so we do let uh, the sheriff's department know that that road, particular road now has a speed limit on it and um, so that, then they'll, they'll put it in their record so they know also. And, and they will come out there. It's just like Jason said. They just come out to the county to patrol all of them. But uh, this is really our only way to, to try to help the citizens is put a speed limit there. And as the commissioners, we, we have no authority to stop anyone. Uh, I mean, I had one pass me up, and I was just asking him to slow down and keep it in reverse. And all that was going to go and say, do you have a problem? And then once, once we do rehab the road, make it smoother to drive in faster. So that's not the reason the potholes are there, but, <laughs> but anyway, so anyway, that's all we can do is call the sheriff's department and they'll send a deputy out there as often as they can. So, if they do that, if again, that happens again, you just refer that person 
to the county judge because I'll tell him we do have a problem. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I had somebody doing that on one of my roads, and I had to call the sheriff's department, and they went out there immediately. Really? So, yes, if somebody's being mean to you, or, yeah. Could y'all maybe revoke the permits of some of these trucks that are, have these overweight loads? We don't do permitting. That's through Texas Department of Motor Vehicle. But if you do... What uh, permits y'all issue all the time for, say, overweight loads on the road? That's the uh, road bond. That's for damage to, to our roads. Yeah, we have to, to let them get to their and do work. But we have. I have called the contractor out there and told them that uh, the trucks coming to their site are going too fast, and they will talk to them. They've actually asked the drivers not to come back or asked the company to send different drivers. And usually they just move that driver to a new location and send somebody else. But they will. Some of the contractors, LCRA is pretty good about it. They'll talk to their contractors and say, listen, close the trucks down. So it does help some. Okay, do I have, uh, there are no further public uh, comments uh, here at this uh, open. Yes. Uh, can I have a name of a lady um, in the pink, your name, can you state your name for the record? Gail? Okay, got it. I'm not sure if you need that public hearing. No, that's okay. That's just not All right. Okay, do I have a motion then to close, accept all comments and close the public hearing? I move we accept all comments and close the public hearing. Is there a second? Second. Any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. Aye. All opposed? Motion carries unanimously. Great, thank you. Agenda item four now is to consider and take appropriate action in making a finding that determination that the prima facie speed limit concerning the following name roads is unreasonable or unsafe and in making and assigning four orders concerning an appropriate speed limit for each of the following county roads. Tyner Road in Precinct 1, East Parker Road and Bittner Road in Precinct 3. So this basically is an order we're going to sign and it's got the specific mileage down here, right? What are these at 40 miles an hour? 40 miles an hour on Tyner, 40 okay. miles an hour on East Parker and, and 35 on Bittner Road. Did you no, I, I move that we sign the orders <coughs> determining that the prima facie speed limit concerning the following named roads is unreasonable or unsafe. Uh, and sign, <coughs> sign the orders concerning the appropriate speed limit for each of the following county roads, Tyner Road, East Parker Road, and Bittner Road. Is there a second? Second. Any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. Aye. All opposed? Motion carries unanimously. Thank you. Agenda item five is here presentation from our Fayette County Groundwater <coughs> Conservation District. Take any action the court deems necessary. This is one I think that we're all interested in. We've asked Mr. Von Dresser to come, and uh, he is the duty expert on water, right? No, I'm just well, We have another duty expert on Fayette County water distribution back here as well. But these two gentlemen have come to the court, and we really appreciate it. Uh, I know there's going to be some questions. I know the commissioners, I have some questions. We are not here to put you on the spot. We know that you can't solve every problem or every concern that we bring up. But we do thank you for being here to, to let us know, you know, what, you know, to address our concerns that we may have. So with that said, I'm going to turn it over to you. Thank you. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you having me here.
also present uh, are two of my board members, Mr. Leo Witt and Ms. Mrs. Yeah, Cynthia Lodebaugh. Be recognized too. Okay, please. Your board members? Yes. Please. Okay. I don't think I have any other ones or I would have had okay. to post this Thank agenda. You for being here. Commissioners, I have before you a, a packet of information. Um, it has this on the front of it. This is from the Water Development Board. So that we can begin discussing and letting everybody know what's going on with water here in, in Fayette County. The groundwater conservation districts of the state of Texas were installed and, and they're, they're created by the local voters and then they're uh, voted on by the state legislature and then they're signed into being from the state legislature. All of the groundwater conservation districts have a certain uh, set of rules that they, that they go by to manage the water, the groundwater, in their districts. There are multi-county districts. There are single-county districts. <clears throat> All of these are generally what is called a Chapter 36 district. That is from the State Water Code. Chapter 36 governs groundwater conservation districts. This district was created and enabled in the year 2001. Our rules went into place in the year 2004, and we have been an active district since that time. Our job is to manage a resource that we don't own. Okay? We manage something that you own. We try and regulate those people that need to be regulated and protect those people that need to be protected. That's our job. And to collect a lot of science and do a lot of planning and attend a lot of meetings in Austin. The gas is something else. But for the commissioner's court, I have some, some handouts over here, if, if, if y'all would like to have them. They're from our website. I didn't print all of this out for everybody because the printer cost was getting, getting kind of tough for me. So let's talk about this, gentlemen. Fayette County is in several different water planning groups. The biggest one being Region K of the state, which is the Lower Colorado River Basin. This is the information that we have here from the state water, no, excuse me, from the 2022 state water plan. So this was approved, and this is information on Fayette County as we know it right now. We are also involved in Groundwater Management Area 12, which is the Central Carrizo, and Groundwater Management Area 15, which is the Central Gulf Coast Aquifer Systems. So on, the, on these first sets of pages, let's talk about the state water plan first. You can see over the time, and we plan for 50 years, whether it's in the state water plan or the groundwater plans, they're 50-year time frames. State says we're going to grow from a 28,373 population in 2020 to 40,000 people, almost 41,000 people by the year 4070. Our county. That's our county. I want to know where they're coming from and where they're going to stay. On the next page, we'll see demands. Okay? 
And there's several different groups of demands that we look at, from mining, livestock, electric power production, manufacturing, municipal, and irrigation. Our demands over the course of time range from about 59,000 acre feet to about 58,000 acre feet, just depends. And we go down over the decades, and I'll let you know what's going on with that later. That's our demands. Our supplies started about 55,000 acre feet. And that kind of holds true through the entire range of planning. So that gives us some shortfalls through, the, through time. That sounds bad. We have about 6,000 acre feet of shortfall moving through time, through 50 years, over the decades. And then we incorporate what strategies to try and mitigate that, and we get about 7,000 acre feet back. So we try and cover our needs, our shortfalls, and then how are we going to recover some of that water? That is completely confusing, isn't it? Try and sit through those meetings. Anyway, our biggest demand, now let me, let me go back. I keep talking about acre feet, all right? Does everybody know what an acre foot is? Yes. One acre foot is an acre of land covered by a foot of water. Okay? Equals to 325,851 gallons. I have learned that over the decades I've been doing this. So, that's a lot of water, right? For us as individuals. In the grand scheme of things, it's, it's, it's a mathematical calculation for us. So in acre feet, our biggest demand is in steam electric, the power plant. Okay? They're needing about 50,000 <coughs> of that 59,000 acre feet worth of water. The good thing is, is they take it from the river. They don't use groundwater in their steam electric. I don't control the river. I don't control anything about the river. So let's take that out. So now let's talk about the 9,000 acre feet that's left over that we need to, to worry ourselves about. And that's all for groundwater. Every other entity, every other person in this county depends on groundwater for their needs. Every cow generally depends on groundwater. Surface structures notwithstanding, they're small tanks. But most of us are depending on water wells, groundwater. You can see over time that those numbers can, can range. One of the biggest needs at this point in time is mining. And mining to us incorporates oil and gas. Right now we've got about a 2,500 acre foot demand for that. As the 50 years goes out, that goes down to about 300 acre feet. So they get tapped out as time goes on. One that continues to grow is municipal and will put county residents off in there as well. These numbers are kind of generalized. <clears throat> so domestic use, house use is what that is. And we're ranging from about 4,400 acre feet in 2020 to almost 6,000. So the biggest demand is coming from them. 
Gentlemen, through the, uh, through the course of these pages, as you want to look at them, you'll see that the data shows what we have now, what we have existing, as far as demand, what we have as existing supply, what the shortfalls are, and how these strategies will supply that water in the future. And everyone, if you go to the Texas Water Development Board's website, the information that these gentlemen are seeing on these pieces of paper are available to you, free of charge. You can see all of it for every county in the state of Texas. Okay, so that's, you just go to their website and you can see all this information. It's public. Let's turn to the groundwater district. Those are on the charts that you see, the little pie charts, because I think pie charts are fantastic. You know, the first page I want you to take a look at is this one. It's got orange and red, it's because it's the holiday season, I guess. This one here. These are the numbers of, this is the total number of wells that we have in Fayette County. And it's divided into the aquifers that we have underneath us. You can see that's not one, it's not two, it's about six or seven. The majority of those wells being in the Gulf Coast and the Yewa Jackson Aquifer. The subdivisions that everyone is concerning themselves with at present would be into those two aquifers as well. Why? They're the ones closest to the surface of the ground. The other aquifers are rather deep. The next page with this big old green portion, that's the different uses of the water. The big green portion of that is domestic. It's houses. Most of our wells are house wells. They're low production house wells. The biggest use, the highest number on there as far as the gallons produced is oil and gas and then the cities. So mining is one of the bigger productions but the shortest term as far as use goes. The cities, they're continuous but it's rather flat. They, they know what they need and they'll need that into the future. The domestics are the ones that we have the most of and they're the smallest of all the wells. They're also the most unregulated. They're exempt. They don't require more than a registration with the district and then the district is to protect them from the large ones. That comes between managing and regulation. We manage the supply by regulating those that would produce too much and then possibly affect or impact their neighbors. On the long sheet that you have, this is kind of how our aquifers look underneath us. They are all earthen aquifers. They're not underground caves. They're not underground lakes. They're not underground rivers. They are underground sandy beaches. That's how the water is uh, derived 
in this particular county, in this particular district. They all lie on top of one another like a layer cake. There's sand, several between hundreds of thousands of feet thick. Then you get hundreds of feet of clay that separate that aquifer where the water is from the next one above it. So we've got the, the spongy cake, the nice frosting, spongy cake, nice frosting, all the way up to the surface of the ground. We regulate all of them. We manage all of them. The most prolific in this particular county being the Gulf Coast and the Yewa Jackson aquifers. They're sitting at the top. Now, this cross-section that you're seeing here runs right about in the middle of the county from east to west. Well, southeast and northwest. And so it gives you an idea of how those, those aquifers sit, and they sit sideways. They sit on their sides like this. They are down-dipping, going towards the Gulf Coast or to the Gulf of Mexico, right? At 150 feet a mile. So they're going down like this. They're, they get very deep very quick. Most of us just keep our wells in the... Economically, it's cheaper to be shallow, right? And with the prices that are going on now, it, that, that plays out quite readily because all wells are pretty expensive, almost $40, $50 a foot to get, to get drilled. So we stay in those two upper, upper regions. Talk about regulations and management. Anyone producing over 25,000 acre feet of water, or yes, 25,000 gallons, excuse me, anyone producing more than 25,000 gallons of water per day is required to have a controlling document or an operating permit from the district. 25,000 gallons a day equals to 17.3 gallons per minute. A lot of residential wells fall below that. Some go a little higher than that, and we have other ways of dealing with them. So we're talking about large producers, irrigators, municipal, oil and gas, large construction, these kind of things. 90% of the wells in this county are exempt from those regulations, and we protect them. So, how do we protect them? By space. We give them distance. In our regulations, we have incorporated the Texas Department of Licensing and Regulation rules and regulations for water well drillers into our rules, which state setbacks, from property lines, which is 50 feet minimum from the property line that your well has to be. We've incorporated that into our rules. There's a 50 foot minimum setback from all property lines, any property. So that gives space. We also have spacing depending on production of the well. You have to separate your well from your neighbor one foot for every gallon per minute of production. So if you've got a 12 gallon a minute well, you have to be 12 feet away from your neighbor. Well, now it's well within the 50 feet from the property line. So they're spaced out proportionally. They should not have a problem residential-wise. When we start getting into, say, a household is here 
and an oil and gas uh, operation moves in right next door, that well has to be separate from that house well. They have to get far enough away from it. We've had instances where they were a bit too close and had some problems with the, with the domestic well. They took care of that. That's how we regulate, either by permits or by space. So when we talk about subdivisions coming in, track size matters. We don't have track size regulations in the groundwater rules anymore. In 2012, between 2012 and 2014, state legislature and the state Supreme Court upheld it, saying if you're a property owner in the state of Texas, you own the groundwater beneath your land. And it doesn't matter how big that piece of land is, you own the water underneath of it. We had a five acre minimum rule in our, in our rules when we first got started with the groundwater district. That had to go away. Why? The legislature and the Supreme Court said all landowners own the, own the water underneath their land. Now, this goes, this, if you live in a town, the town does that for you. you. Most of the towns don't allow you to have water wells in them. But having it where every landowner owns the water underneath their property, then we come back to how are we regulating and keeping these wells separated, and that's through spacing. Spacing and controlling documents for those that need them. That's how the groundwater district works. And then we plan for all of this. We try and plan as much as we can. In subdivisions like this, it can get difficult. We can't control this land size. The county has land size controls, two acre feet, or excuse me, two acres for the septage. But those, hopefully they're not narrow and wide lots because they'll never meet the spacing requirements or the setbacks for the water. And those exceptions can be asked for, but I don't know if my board's going to go for it for, uh, for each and every person. That's a case-by-case -case basis. So that's how we manage the water. Can these subdivisions affect the overall scheme of the aquifers? Not really. It's a drop in the bucket. Let's take the Gulf Coast aquifer. That's the, the aquifer that sits on the very surface of the Fayette County. Okay, takes up half of it. We're at the very top of that aquifer that starts in Florida, wraps around the Gulf of Mexico, through Texas, and all the way down into Mexico. I don't think we can dewater that aquifer from a house well in Fayette County. It can affect its neighbor because, depending on the, the rate of production, there. Every time a well comes on, the water level starts going down in the well. Yes? Everybody agree with that? Everybody agree with that? That's how it works. Water level starts going down. It starts forming what is called a cone of depression around the well. Okay? So as it's pumping, it comes down, and there's this little cone that's right near the pump. Turn the well off, water level comes right back up to where it was. Get two of those wells too close together, those cones overlap, and now you've got this going on. And so they start affecting one another. That could be the biggest problem with subdivisions with too many wells in them. But 
I can't see underground. There could be a layer of clay between those two worlds, sitting side by side. So they may never affect one another. It's distance, it's depth, it's which aquifer are they in that controls how wells affect each other uh, in the grand scheme of things here. Because it's not a bucket, it's a sponge. It's saturated sand. It's not like if we had 17 straws in the same glass and everybody's taking a drink and the water level goes down, it doesn't work that way. It's like put a wet sponge on the counter, press down on one spot on that thing, does it dewater the sponge? Nope. Take your finger off, it fills back up with water. That's how it works here. Those cave aquifers over like the Edwards near San Antonio, those are the ones that have the problem with too many straws. So that's how that works. Do you regulate how deep a well can go, a residential? I mean, if my neighbor moves in and he says, I want it 500 feet, if he wants to pay for it, he can drill it 500 feet? We do not regulate, not even 75 feet. at present, we do not regulate depth. Can we? Eventually, maybe. Through our planning, we have desired future conditions for the aquifer. We try and look 50 years down the road as to what these aquifers are supposed to look like. Okay? How much water is going to still be in there? How much usage are we planning for? Okay? I can't tell you what I'm having for breakfast next Tuesday, but I have to plan 50 years out for how much water is going to be utilized out of these aquifer systems. From that, we have, we say, well, we don't want it to pass 40 feet worth of drawdown total through the entire aquifer in Fayette County. We give that to the Water Development Board. They run it through a model that calculates, well, if this is the end goal or if this is the do not exceed this goal, this is how much water can be taken out of it on an annual basis to achieve that. And it comes out of an acre feet, and that's how we can do that. So far, all of our aquifers, for our needs in Fayette County, which are very small in the grand scheme of things, we're a rural county. Our cities are not that large. But our needs can be satisfied with the amount of water that can be taken out of these aquifers. Overall, you get wells too close together, they could affect each other, but that's, that's in placement. That's not in regulation. If we get to that point, then we can say, hey, you can't drill in the Yawa Jackson anymore. You have to go up into the Gulf Coast or you have to go down into the Sparta. Then we can start saying something, but that could be decades from now, if ever we have to do something like that. What, what I'm hearing, and I got a few questions, Judge, I am here for you. Mostly from what constituents have sent me. Some of them sent me a list of 15 questions, 20 questions to ask you. I'm not going to do that. I well, kind I'll of wrap it up. It's one of my favorite but, subjects, Judge. But I guess what, what I'm hearing from you is we have plenty of water in this county to supply our needs. We just may have to drill deeper to get it. I mean, right? I mean, we may have to go deeper to get it. But, but the aquifers that we sit over have plenty of water. And you said it in the right way. We have the water to supply the needs of Fayette County and its residents based on the science and mathematics and modeling that me, my geologist in the state of Texas have done for this county. Okay, so, but we may have to go deeper to get it. 
or shallower. Well, I mean, if everybody's poking a hole in the ground and we've got them spaced out the same and wells start going a little, I mean, I've never had mine go, but I know a lot of people that had their well. We might have to, they've said, well, I've had to come in and bring my well drillers in and they've had to slide my pump deeper down the well, which was expensive, you know. Yes, it so, is. But if we've got all the water we want, it's just going to cost us a little more because we're going to have to lower our pumps, right? And possibly treat the water. Now remember, the water here is going through sand. And if everybody, everybody who lives in Fayette County knows, we have mineral water, don't we? A good mineral water, stinky mineral water. The deeper we go, the older the water is the more time it's had in contact with the sand. It's like water going through coffee grounds. It gets that really good flavor the longer it's in contact. So instead of a drip percolator coffee maker, it's more like a French press. You let it sit there for a while and you really get it nice and flavorful. Same thing with the water. The deeper we go, the more brackish or the more salty it could get, the more mineralized it can get. So it could require treatment. The water's down there, it may take treatment to make it more palatable. This is the other question, a couple of questions. And you probably don't address this or, or can't, but one of my concerns is the quantity of water available to our county based on the growth that's coming in mm -hmm. here and all the users which you talked about. But the other is the quality of the water. You probably just your board doesn't deal with that with respect to the coal ash that's laying around that gets into the river or what's going into the river or what's going into our groundwater from wells that have been plugged or not plugged or whatever or contaminants from just people's own wells or y'all who, who addresses okay. that to make that's sure that we're not contaminating our, our yes sir your Honor, thank you for that question. I think that's a fantastic question, actually. The groundwater conservation districts have secondary jurisdiction over quality. Primary jurisdiction over quality, safe from contamination, is TCQ, the Texas Commission on Environmental Quality. If there's a, if there's a spill, if there's a leak, the state takes over. What about testing? Testing? I mean, with that, that's reaction. I mean, we have a major spill, and we got to go in there, and oh my gosh. Ah. I'm talking about preventive. Is there anything going on preventive to make sure, sure that if we have a problem, we address it before it's contaminated everything? Is TCEQ right. involved with that? Well, now, contaminants. Let's speak on contaminants, okay? There's natural contaminants that we have to face all the time. There's man-made contaminants that, that happen. When there is a spill, when there is something that needs to be regulated like that, it generally will come from the state of Texas. The groundwater district has a monitoring program that we go out to individuals wells and we utilize them not only to check levels in the, in the aquifer system itself, but to take monitoring samples. Every year, the county, through the extension service, has a collection time. We just got through with that here in October, where residents can bring in water samples for a, an adjusted price and get some analysis done on their own water wells. There's not a state regulation 
drinking water wise that, that controls a domestic privately owned well. As Jim can attest, the state controls the public water supplies through vigorous regulation. When they find something wrong, they have to treat for it. When we find something wrong in our private wells, you can come with me and I will give you recommendations. Go to, a, go to a, uh, a water treatment specialist, they will give you recommendations. When it comes to contamination, and we have done several studies regarding this. One, we mimicked a study from 1965, back here in 2013 through 2017, to get an overall quality of water looking at everything and not anything changed. When there are specific complaints, if we know of something, yes, the groundwater district takes proactive action to try and go out there and see if there's a problem. Here's the thing. Proactive action from the groundwater district takes permission from the privately owned water well owners. We asked, can we come in and sample? Everybody was complaining about the, the, the power plant and their coal ash and, all it, and molybdenum and, and all of these other things that could be off in the groundwater. We went out there and we sent out 30 letters to well owners. 12 of them said yes. Okay? So science will do it. We're a very small district in the state of Texas. We'll do it, and we ask, and we look, and we're trying, okay? But it's participation from the, from the private owners. We manage a resource we don't own on land that's not ours. So to do that, we have to have permission as a governmental entity to enter that piece of property, unless it's a policing kind of thing. If somebody's doing something wrong, I do have enforcement power. But for science, you got to volunteer. So we look for it. The state does a better job at getting the word out because it's their job. My job is to try and manage the resource. We sit here uh, as a commissioner, it's myself, the county, and, and we observe as everybody does the growth that's coming in here, uh, the developments, and the only choice you got in most areas of this county is to punch a hole in the ground because we don't have distribution, county water distribution all over the place. And, and so we're concerned about that, and then we're concerned, as you said, about coal ash and selenium and, and uh, uh, the oil gas companies in here and then mm -hmm. with our wells. Is there anything you might suggest, is there anything the county could do or should be doing to better manage our water with respect to the, the quantity and the quality? I mean, is there anything we, we can't tell, we can't tell people you can build a well on your property right. unless it's so many acres, right? I mean, we, we can do it for septic, but I don't think we have the authority. You don't, you don't have that authority. A groundwater district can't set track size, but we can set spacing and setbacks. How do we control this? Well, control is not something that, that, that manage. we manage. manage. We can't limit people from wanting to move to the country. This is a fantastic place to live. People are finding that out. 
Unfortunately, we're getting developers coming in that I don't think have, have thought out everything. In cities and municipalities, I can say this, I was a director of utilities for 10 years. If we had a new subdivision coming in, they had to put the utilities in and then they gave it to the city. Out here, do they put, a, do they put the utilities in and then deed it over to the rural water supply people. That may be a way of supplying it. Where there's one hole in the ground that can be regulated by the state as a public water supply well, and regulated by, or managed, and yeah, regulated for production from the groundwater conservation district. That's another way of looking at things. So you're it just depends on how the, how the subdivision ordinances are, are written. I can't write them because I don't have authority to do so. But you're saying subdivision ordinances could be written to where if a developer came in with a very fairly good sized development and two, three, four acre lots, whatever, that we could say the developer has to put in a water system, put a drill a well deep enough to supply all. I mean, help, help would... me out here. I mean, I'm just trying to figure out what we can and can't do. The big problem with that is uh, an individual can come in and want to drill up water for public, but they have to have licensed operators. And right. I mean, they're, they're, and the, one thing that I'm going to address is our wells are 10 times different than anybody that has a residential. Ours is potable water. That's, a, that's the big board. Our wells have to be concreted in all the way down to 2,000 foot where we're pumping it up and out of the ground and everything to protect our wells and aquifer. I mean, we have regulations that these people that drill a well on their residence don't, don't have a clue to and are not regulated like we are. But your water isn't potable until after you treat it and you meet That's the guidelines. It's, it's not potable coming it's, out of the well. It's, it's, not, it's not potable in, in the state's eyes. This is the same water that a domestic well is pulling out too and just drinking it straight from the tap. They just have to have special treatment and follow specific guidelines for that. And that's what I was alluding to with, with this other thing. When I was in a city, they would put the, the utilities in and then give it to the city to operate. That way the licensed operators are there. But everything had to fall within Any the subdivisions you're talking about, what was the population in the subdivisions that they would do that? Well, with inside of a residential city area, we could be getting four, six rooftops per acre. Remember, this is city stuff. That's that's urban. Out here, but I mean, spacing uh, spacing regulations for groundwater district is fifty feet off of the property line, fifty feet off of the septic tank, and a hundred feet off of the septic lines. And now, okay, so we've got this two acre minimum right now already set in your regulations for septic. Then they got to figure out how to get a water well on that same piece of property. But I mean, as far as a developer going about drilling their wells, putting in a public water system, passing all TCEQ requirements, that's not even manageable. That's not, a, that's, there's no way they would make enough profit off that to be able to do that in this area. And plus, the other thing is, is our CCM is protected. Right. They, they, if we can get the water there, they have to pay us to put our water lines in the water. Cannot just drill a well in our CCN area. I mean, uh, for public use. What are your, what are your, introduce yourself and everybody tell me what you are just so I'm that the business is paid for supply here. 
your biggest concerns for the future with the growth that's occurring in our county? It's the two acre lot uh, situation is you're letting developers come in, buy 100 acres, and put 50 lots on it for two acres, and all you know, it's all you have to have for the sewer and the water. Uh, if they can't get the our water there, then that's when you're punching a lot of water, you know, well to the ground. For me, I'm seeing this, and I'm having to upsize my time, which developers have to pay for. Anything that they do to where it impacts my system, they have to pay for it. But the problem is, is us getting the water to the areas where they're putting this, these developments in is unfeasible because the water in those areas is not potable water and we cannot treat it at a cost of rate to get it to them to be potable. For instance, on the east side, we all know that iron is our biggest issue. We treat it through green sands and, and filters and everything before we send it out. And when you do that, then you have to discharge your water. And man, when you start discharging, you're talking about permits and fees that that kills it. I mean, it's it's unbelievable what the cost is to treat water to get this problem. But the biggest issue, like I'm saying, is the two-acre lot minimum and letting them develop it and put it in, but we can't get water to them, so they start punching holes. Don't you think that, like with Fayette Water Supply, they probably never thought in the future they were going to have as many people serving as y'all serve now to where some of the distribution lines you laid the four inches. If back then, if they knew the amount of people that would be moving in, if you would have laid eight or ten to where you could still have the volume, you could supply those people. But since your lines are smaller, you have to drill more wells in different areas. Right. I, I agree with that our biggest problem was is we were getting loans from USDA and they dictated what size lines we put in and they cut, cut everything in half, you know, that you wanted a bigger line. Back then when Fayette Water was starting, they didn't have the money to put in bigger lines. So they only had what the USDA was loaning. So they would put in the lines that they wanted. If we needed a four inch, they said, no, you don't need a two inch to serve the amount of people that are in that area. So yes, we had a smaller line. 10 years ago, we became very aggressive. We started drilling our deeper wells and started to put bigger lines in 12-inch lines, you know, on 71 and all that area. And our wells were 2,000 foot deep, very costly, and, uh, you know, but now we're paying for it, trying to get bigger trying to lines catch up. to get the water transferred from one area to the other. How were the uh, aquifers recharged with the, the Yawah Jackson and the Gulf Coast here? Sure. I mean, does drought play a big part of it? Not necessarily, sir. Uh, but that's a great question. How does water get in there? Uh, only about 1% of any rainfall that falls on Fayette County makes it to the aquifer. Uh, why? Everybody who has a lawn here knows there's clay everywhere. Thick clay. So we need it to rain around us. We have a lot of inflow coming in from Bastrop County, from, from the counties that surround us that keep those aquifers filled. I say that our usage in Fayette County doesn't have an impact on these aquifer systems. Usage outside this county has an effect on Fayette County. Okay? <coughs> That's why we plan with other districts. We understand that this could happen eventually. So we look at that a lot. We're not affecting other people as much as they're affecting us. But that's where we get our inflows, is from outside. The question I have and always hear is on fracking of oil wells. Mm -hmm. 
does that hurt any of the shallow wells by any form or fashion? Short term, if they're too close to the water well, it could draw them down, okay? But that's in placement. The fracking operation itself is two miles, in many cases, below the surface of the ground. Our last usable water, depending on where you are in the county, is at 4,000 feet. They have to uh, case and cement 1,000 feet past the, mo the, the usable quality water. So that fracking operation that's two miles down has no impact to the drinking water up here unless there is some, some major failure in the, in the casing of those wells. Well, in, in the water that they're using to frack, if they're mm -hmm. drilling, is all going to be from probably the Wilcox Aquifer, a very deep aquifer that they would use for it, or can they use the shallower ones? They are well? using the shallower aquifers. That's where the controlling documents come in. The Wilcox is uh, an unusable water here in this county. Actually, when they have their production water coming out of the, uh, the, water, uh, the oil wells, they're injecting into the Wilcox here uh, because it's just, it's completely, it's very brackish and it's unusable to us. So the next <coughs> usable quality is the Carrizo. And that is only a very small sliver of, of our county near Bastrop. Fayette Water Supply has taken advantage of that in a couple of instances. Uh, but then, it, I mean, it just gets shallower and shallower and shallower. When we're talking about getting to the Carrizo, just to the Carrizo, you have to drill 2,500 to 3,000 feet just to get to the top of it. Uh, you know these aquifers are deep. So everybody uses the more reachables, even public water supplies, even oil and gas. They're all using those, those shallower aquifers. Will the, will the district ever allow uh, a company to come in and drill big wells and pump water from Fayette County to other counties? Or will the district ever allow our district to put in wells to help supplement the uh, district next to us? Okay. It is not against the law for anyone to uh, drill a well for the purpose of exportation. It is not against the law. It's not against state law. It's not against the, the, the county's or the district's regulations. Now, how does that work? All permits are based on how much land you control, okay? Contiguous property. So a person can't buy an acre of land and pull 50,000 acre feet out of it to sell to someone else from that one acre. Here, if they need 50,000 acre feet of water, they need 25,000 acres of land under their complete control. So you can see it's two acre feet per acre that you can get a permit for, whether you're going to use it here or export it out. But the number of acreage that it would take to supply something like that, very, very difficult here in this county because we have that, what it's called is a modified correlative right to the water. The but water, it's not against the law. The water testing that just went on through, mm -hmm. I mean, you, you partnered with the extension service. I mean, is that the same testing that say, Fayette Water Supply or Sealy Grange or the city's using? A lot of it is, I think it, it produces similar information uh, for the homeowner to make their, their personal decisions on treatment. 
uh, where the limits that, that Fayette Water Supply or the city of LaGrange or, or uh, Schulenburg, these guys, the limits that they have to meet for potability to put into a public system is completely different. Right. It's the information that it comes back to the homeowner is based on those. But again, there's no regulation that says that they have to do something. Very similar information, but not all of the information that is provided in that report is what, say, Jim and them would, would be testing for out in their system. We, uh, we appreciate you coming in uh, and just laying this out. I, I, uh, it's a concern to me. You know, I'm leaving. I live out here. I'm going to be still living out here with all these other people. But I just think, I, I remember going through... Uh, What's that? Is it Lamar or University of Beaumont area out there? And they have the first major oil well out there. That, what was, you know, you go out there and visit all that. And I remember going through that and seeing that back in the early 1900s, a barrel of water sold for more than a barrel of oil. Right. And I'm saying, my gosh, with all the demand and everything that we have now and the cost of drilling and the cost of getting water and I've come to the conclusion that one thing the county sure anybody should ever do is sell their water. I mean, you want to hang on to your water. These big metropolitan areas are going to be searching and searching. And my advice to our county is what we have, we hang on to. But also that as we plan for growth, it's going to be much more expensive, I think, to maintain water supply and quality of water. It's just... It's, uh, it's going to be difficult, and it's something we need to be conscious it's about. And then finally, be conscious about the quality and testing and ensuring TCEQ, LCRA, you, our Fayette County Water, you know, are doing everything you can. And I know y'all are to make sure that we're, we're not contaminating our water supply With, for the reason of somebody making more money. The big thing right now is if you have an open well on your property that you're not using, it needs to be plugged. And, the, and our district will cost share to do that. That is a big issue for contamination into the, into the aquifer systems, uh, is open wells. What is the rough cost of that? Hmm? I mean, I know it depends on probably the depth of the well, but what does it cost to plug a well? Mr. Wick, how much does it cost to plug a well? About $500 is what he said. And we will, the district will do half up to $300 for cost sharing to do Because there's, I mean, all the old Austin chalk wells, I mean, there's a lot of just wells sitting there that are capped off. Now, oil wells are a completely different animal. We're talking about water wells themselves. But I know the water wells, when they drill the wells, oh, yes. there's, there's always a water well right next to oh, yes. And I'm utilizing a lot of those in my monitoring program as static stations. Uh, we are, we're in a big uh, program right now to, uh, to install monitoring stations at these old wells like that. But if you have any questions, we're, we're, we are right down the road. We are here to help. We want to come and talk to you uh, uh, to, to, to give counsel anyway. Regarding uh, subdivision ordinances and stuff like that, get with the legal counsel 
and see what y'all can do and what you can't do. We have very little authority over that at this point in time. We, we manage the walk. Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay, I appreciate everybody's patience. It was important, something we all need to hear and get out to public because it's crucial to our economy and our watershed water. Do I have a motion, then? I move we accept the presentation from the Fayette County Groundwater Conservation District. Is there a second? Second. Any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. Aye. All opposed? The motion carries unanimously. Thank you. Agenda item six is considered to take appropriate action. On a resolution to appoint Mr. Jason McBroom to serve as director of the Fayette County Appraisal District for a two-year term ending 31 December 2024. Ms. Austin, this is one of, we have what, two reps yes. that sit on the Fayette County Appraisal Board? Yes, so we appointed one last mission support right. Jason Paul here. We have four reps. Right, three or four, four reps. Oh, four yes. from the county. Yes. Okay. We just had two that two on the appraisal. Then we have no. This is different. The appraisal board. You're four on, the, on the appraisal board. Yes. Okay, yeah. These two were expiring. I think the other two are are, are off. Yes. Um, but coming up is what I mean. They're they're not on. Come up. You sure you want to do that? Well, I mean, the, the meetings aren't very long. They're during the day. I mean, it's not hard for me to do it, so. Is there any kind of, can you assure us that you're going to lower our taxes? Or? <laughs> no, because uh, the court sets the tax rate, and school districts and the groundwater conservation okay. all set their own tax all rates. Right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Got a motion. I move we appoint Jason McBroom to serve as a director of the Fayette County Appraisal District for a two-year term ending December 31st, 2024. Sir, second. Second. Any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. Aye. All opposed? Motion carries unanimously. Agenda item seven, consider take appropriate action concerning granting an application for pipeline public road board crossing permits submitted by AMP Texas Pipelines LLC for said pipeline to cross under Wonderlick Road in Precinct 2. Public County Road located in Fayette County, Texas. Commissioners, this is a 42-foot board from AMP, and we have received all of their completed applications, and they have paid their fees. Okay. I move that we approve the application from <coughs> AMP, Texas Pipeline for the road bore on the Wonderlick Road. Is there a second? Second. Any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. 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 All opposed? Motion carries unanimously. Agenda item eight is to hear report from Angela Hahn, our Faith County Grant Specialist. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, on the buyout, we uh, didn't have our bid walk through with the general contractors a couple weeks ago. And on River Road, one of the properties that's on River Road, Based on just their visual exam, uh, exam of the house, it appears that there's asbestos in that property. So the contractor in Houston was concerned that we would have to do some sort of a abatement process where a monitor was in place to ensure that all of the uh, properties were conducted as according to the TCPU. So last week, Harvey and I had a phone call with uh, Tyler, 
what it comes down to is because River Road is being demolished, it will not be used as, as a home again. There is not an abatement process in terms of what you would expect to abate a property that's going to have someone living in it. There, there are processes that have to be followed. You know, have to encapsulate the anything that looks like has justice in it. So we did get the bids back from our contractors late yesterday afternoon. Harvey and I have been scheduled a call with Tyler to discuss those and then they will come to the commissioner's court uh, to determine whether or not you which bids you want to accept. But we want to talk to Tyler before we bring that to court because he's got some questions for the contractors. In terms of the third and fourth draws, they have been approved by GLO. They are sitting in GLO's financial process and they, that's where they are. So the third draw will incorporate three of the homes on Fourth draw should include the one piece of property on Country Club that's not included because the property owner could not be the individual property owner. But that's been resolved. And then there are some properties inside the city limits that we talked about a little bit about that, that as a impacted area, even though they're inside the city limits, they have the right to be part of the buyout process that the county is in charge of. So the concern Cindy and Harvey inside the city limits, and so when the county buys that property, who maintains it? Because we don't want to add that to you know, the workload uh, of the precinct commissioners. So city uh, was able to reach out to Sean Raven, the former city manager, and the agreement that was in place back when this buyout uh, was originally proposed was that property inside the city limits after it's purchased by the county will be, be deeded back to the city and the city will so there's three lots, and uh, Sean said that they definitely want them, particularly one of them is next to, I believe, their water treatment plant, and they are want, they want to hold on to that property. So once we get closing dates, once that money is dropped into our account, we'll get closing dates and we can move forward with that. And we'll bring those demo contracts or bids back to y'all. Uh, in terms of our uh, grant with the uh, yellow for the application plan. We, the county has submitted <coughs> documentation back to them that they were required. They have reached out, our contractors have reached out to the other entities that need to return in their paperwork uh, to determine if they can help with answering questions or filling out the paperwork. So they're handling that for us. <coughs> That's part of their responsibility. We are working for days in December for a risk assessment workshop. And then uh, Josh and I and Craig will start doing monthly calls with uh, our contractor consultants to determine where we are in the process. We have a very strict timeline, if you'll remember. We have two pending grants with <coughs> TEM, generated grant on the state of water, and the uh, drainage, uh, and water drainage study. That if those are awarded, and they're both under super review at this point, if they are awarded, we have a year to get that hazard mitigation plan in place. The timeline the consultants provided for us that we submitted to TEDA and FEMA puts us well within that time frame, but it's up to us in the federal agencies to make certain that we follow the consultants' guidelines and get our information in as we need to. And, and so far, we've been able to do that. And the last thing I want to talk about is the countywide master drainage plan. It is currently under human review, and for those of y'all who don't 
This was an application that Janet Kerrigan submitted on behalf of the county back in 2018 to study Butler's Creek after Harvey. Uh, at the time of the application, it was uh, put on as an alternate uh, award because what FEMA was looking for at the time was a county-wide change plan. So last summer, when team reached back out to us, Tell us that there had been money swept and there was money now available for this. The agreement with the county, talking to all, was as we move forward, we want to do this as a county-wide drainage plan. And they approved that change of scope of work. So that's setting up the FEMA for review now. Uh, and they had a couple of questions uh, that they sent back to me from FEMA and we responded to them. So it's still, that's where it is. And, um, the last I checked, they just said that they are to, determine, to be determined reviewing award. So we'll see what that means. Does this, does this incorporate any city drainage plans? This would be, this is a countywide study, so right. it will incorporate LaGrange and Platonia and some of those areas that we know we have issues. Right. Uh, there is a match, if you'll remember, the county shares of bids $116,000. Uh, and I think that we can look at possibly the geolocation money that will be coming on the way as a possibility. Uh, there's some other funding effectiveness that we can look at. But you know, it, it will give the county opportunity to have a study done that will show us where those major drainage issues are. And that will be included in the hazard mitigation plan. So moving forward, any area that we identify as a as an issue will be delineated out in that plan so that any kind of funding that comes down will have that in place. We don't need too detail of a study because when we get three or four inches you can walk out here and you can pretty much tell what's going Yeah. Well I, I think this is kind of a I think for the amount of money that we are going to be awarded in the arts it's really going to be kind of a for lack of a better word a surface study. Alright. Anyway, shut the report from Angela Hunter, Grant Festival. Okay. Second the motion. Is there any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. Aye. All opposed? Motion carries unanimous. Agenda uh, uh, item number nine is to consider and take appropriate action on a grant request from the Fayetteville Community Center Group using American Rescue Plans. Do we have I know we have members here from that. Have they submitted? Are they? Oh, number. Yeah, there should be one. Let me see who's out there. If it's the count. All right. I, yeah, John Dennis. Simplify, Mr. Dennis. My name is John Dennis. I'm the design construction manager of the Fedville Community Center. I want to thank everybody for considering our program. And we weren't really sure what the funding, how much money was available. So we put together a proposal as a buffet style. Hopefully you take the full meal deal. If not, you can pick up some a la carte items. Uh, item number one is uh, moving the electrical. When the building was built in 1875, there was a balcony in front of the building. And all the way across the front, and it overlooked the square. Uh, somewhere in the 1940s, they ran a power lines across it. Now the, back, the whole balcony is unusable. And actually, it's really too close to the building. It's not safe. So we want to run the, the power around the back of the building and come back to the back around Market Street. 
which the blue bonnet is an incredible amount of money, but we feel like it's really necessary to get it done to, to really keep those architectural elements of the original building and to keep it safe. Uh, and, and then right now we have started the project with, uh, with uh, KT Construction, their contract managers are at Simple Risk, and uh, they, as we're working with them on their budgets, we have uh, individual prices, right now we have a price to, to demo the old building, which is not part of the original backside, that's one of our line items. Uh, then we're, we're working on the foundation to redo the, the a lot of the existing ground level beams are rotted, so we have to lift the whole building up, put new piers in, uh, rebuild the piers, and that's another one of the line items. And then we're also looking at using the, uh, we're using the existing uh, floors, which is Longley Pine. I'm gonna take it, refurbish it, trying to, keep every, trying to get all the architectural elements from the original and trying try to restore all those items. Uh, the last item we have on our list is for windows. Of course, all the old windows are long gone, so we're, we're trying to get the best windows that we can at this point. Or Marvin, Marvin Anderson's kind of that that same upper level window class, you know, fiberglass, 30 to 40 year lifespan, uh, uh, energy efficient, coat efficient, all of it hits hits all the high marks. Uh, those are the items that we're looking for. Uh, you know, any any support that y'all can give us, we'd really appreciate it. We'd love to see you, uh, uh, all of it, but any of it, we'd, we'd really appreciate your support. Would you, John, would you just remind, briefly tell everybody what this building is, what you're trying to do with it, what it's going to be, what it means for the county and the community? Could you just address that? Because I think some people... Okay, well, it's, it's, a, it's an old building. It was built in 1875. It's an old... Uh, J.D. Vanessa Building, and uh, a, a group of people in Fayetteville uh, has bonded together, put their money together to rebuild it as a community center for the community. That's 501c3. Uh, anybody that uh, churches, it, it, it's free for anybody to use, but it, 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 it'll be, we'll charge money for special events. But what we're going to build, it'll have grand halls for banquet events, it'll have a performing arts theater, which uh, will have live music, plays, musicals. Uh, we'll also have, have a regular uh, pull-down screen with a projector for movies. Uh, I think it's one of those things that'll really fill a gap that Fedville doesn't have right now. It'll, it'll bring people in, it'll be great for tourism, uh, and also corporate events. Uh, you know, we have a lot of Places to, to bring people in for corporate stuff, but this this, this will be a, a, a meeting hall. Um, so, it'll be great for the community. Okay. Do you have, as our county grant specialist, do you have any comments you'd want to make on this? I know that we have previously granted this particular project under the ARP funds, American Rescue Plan funds, some monies already, but they've come in with additional requests. So, I mean, this is a very worthwhile cause, as is the Gardena, they, and they, don't, they both meet the requirements of the American Rescue Plan. That being said, I do want to remind y'all that we do have some projects ongoing that were deemed as you know, immediate county needs that we do make, we make certain that we keep money in reserve so we can pursue 
have left in the account? In the uh, the R. In the R. As of the end of October, we had approximately 2.8 million. But we do have some. How much? 2.8 some of these other things and, and get back to y'all on it. But I do appreciate y'all coming here and laying this out for the commissioners and the court. Because, I mean, we've got to spend this money. We spend it on the right things. It'll be good things for the, the county. So. Thank you for any consideration. No, a lot of the problem we have, we don't want to get in the same boat that the water, the Bay of Water is in. You know, you have a four-inch line when you need an eight-inch line. And this may, because we're running out of space. I mean, we just really are. We have to look down the road. Like you said, we need a long-term plan, 10, 15 years. I just know Brenda doesn't have room in her office over there. I mean, we will help move some stuff yesterday. Those guys are like, oh my gosh, there's no room in this. She's running out of space over there. Um, a lot of the places are, you know, in 15 years, where are we gonna, you know, we need to, if we're gonna spend some of this money, we have to make sure we keep some of this money, or, use some of this money for things we might need. We may need to buy some property, put some, expand some buildings or something before we, um, that we know that is going to help the county itself, it's going to help Fayette County. So um, we really, I know Jason's harboring the looking down the road five or 10 years, and I think we really need to do that before we uh, spend all of our money or spend a bunch of it on things that, because our initial plan was, to do what we need for the county. I mean, we're doing a Schindler now. They desperately needed an EMS station. So we upgraded that definitely. But I mean, you know, uh, the one in Schindler is just a couple, I mean, the flat LaGrange is a couple years old. But, you know, Luke's running out of room over there where he's at. There's just, we're all getting kind of cramped in here. We have to make sure that some of this money's going to be kept here for, for us to expand if we need it. That's what I'm looking at. Any other commissioners? Okay, again, thanks for your being here and laying this out for us. Uh, do I have a motion? I move we accept the presentation from Fayetteville Community Center Group using American Rescue Plan funds. Is there a second? Second. Is there any further discussion? And thank you for the package. Y'all laid it out. Great. We appreciate the, the documentation. It helps us. All in favor? Aye. Aye. All opposed? Motion carries unanimous. Okay. Thank you all very much. Agenda item 10 is to consider and take appropriate action on a grant request from the Gardenia Jansen Animal Shelter using 
American Rescue Plan Fund. Good morning. Introduce yourself to everybody. You take care of all of the dogs and cats that nobody wants. It does a great job for the county. So. Thank you. I'm Teresa Brown, the director at Birding and Cats and Animal Shelter. I've been in this role for about three years. Thank you for having us here this morning, and thank you all for your service to Payton County. Um, I've brought several of my board members this morning in support of this effort, so you have to stand up for me. Thank you. Why don't you, could you introduce him, please? I will. shelter so it's shock 
documents we need to still, we're still taking in 1,400 pounds a year. But, but it is truly a uh, health, and, uh, health and safety service. Appreciate that.
Do y'all fundraise a year? Would you think? How much money do you do y'all raise in fund, uh, fundraisers a year? Would you? Estimate? Um, well, primarily our fundraiser, our biggest fundraiser this past year brought in right at a hundred thousand. That's for operational costs. But for the past three years, we've been we've been applying for grants and setting aside money. And a, a recent grant that we were granted from you was is set aside and allocated specific to the uh, isolation unit. The money you're at, that y'all are looking for now is going to do what exactly? The money that we're asking for now is going to, to uh, allow the actual physical build of the new the newer part of our facility, and then we're going to repurpose the existing facility to some some of the things that we need, which is storage. We just lost 150 pounds of dog food, which is all donated, but 150 pounds of dog food to Weagles. So we're just repurposing our older space into. Um, well, we, we don't want to not use that space, but it can serve a different purpose equally as well. And then we have a new space for all of our cat intake in isolation and our dog and cat isolation, and then our, a kitten room and a cat room since we lost half of it a few years ago. A new if, if, space. If, if you're not awarded everything you asked for, uh, do you have a plan to? We can't get all this, but if you can give us this, I mean, where you can phase some of this, or is this a... Without question. I mean, we're, we're still applying for grants. We are still fundraising. We have a, we have a capital, capital campaign going on. So, no, we are, we, we're going to. It may take us a little longer. So, one of the things I would like to point out is in my previous life, uh, one of the departments that reported to the city of Dan Children and Control, and... It is amazing to me that some people don't realize that animal shelters fall under not just state law, but federal law. And once an animal is housed more than 72 hours, that is considered a permanent house, housing facility, and they have very strict federal guidelines to meet. And they have very strict materials that can be used inside those buildings and to protect those buildings to prevent the spread of cargo, which is extremely contagious and, and gets in get in a wall and you can't ever get out. Um, so just keep in mind that when you look at some of the things that the shelter asks for, not just down the road, they they are on a very strict They have enough specific size channels to ensure that a great thing can come around all the way around without hitting a wall at all. You know, so that's a, that's a large matter. So just when you look at this stuff and look at it as you move on down the Mind that that is a facility that will continue to grow or continue to be a need here, and they have to meet some very strict guidelines. I'm going to add number 11 here. There's 11. <coughs> question. I mean, they're asking for $800,000, I think. Yep. And so, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Kind of going to look at the plans and kind no, of. No, it's, <coughs> it's, 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 it's
it's a big wish list. And uh, but no, five with, with yeah, yeah, public yeah. funds. So I mean, I want to support it's not county funds, but it is, right? it is public funds. It's not coming out of our county budget, but it is coming out of our tax dollars because all this came down from the Department of the Treasury in Washington, D.C., and them giving away money like crazy. It's coming down here, but I think your point is if we're going to put this money out, we need to make sure it's done correctly. In all honesty, I will probably tell you we're not going to give you $800,000, but the reason why I'm glad you presented that is we need to know what your needs are. We need to know the whole big picture just as we need to know Fayetteville's community center. So that helps us out. I I think these are both great, great organizations that win Fayetteville and the Animal Shelter. But I mean, I really think we need to sit down and figure out what what do we have left to spend? I mean, we we haven't really narrowed that down on what we have pending still. I mean, what else is out there? I know we need to try to get the sheriff's department some some equipment as well, uh, and I, we don't have any dollar amounts on any of that. But I mean, I I agree with what the judge has been saying a long time. We need to spend this money. They didn't give it to us to put in a bank. We need to spend it, and we have to spend it. I'm Jeremy Donna. I've been uh, part of the shelter administration uh, through the boards, both the foundation and the shelter board for about 15 years. And, and regardless of what, what y'all decide to do, we want to thank you for everything you've done the last 22 years because this couldn't happen without Fayette County. So regardless of what your decision is, we are greatly appreciative of all that you do. We appreciate it. Okay, do I have a motion? I move we uh, accept the, the, the presentation or the request from Gardenia Jansen Animal Shelter. He's an American rescue fund. Is there a second? Second. Is there any further discussion? We'll take these, we'll evaluate them, and we'll get back to you. All in favor? Aye. 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 All opposed? Motion carries unanimously. I'm making the next motion. And I'm making a motion that we take a 15-minute break. Second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. All opposed? Motion carries unanimously. Thank you. Okay, do I have a motion? I move to reconvene. A second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. All opposed? Motion carries unanimously. Agenda item 11. Consider take appropriate action, including signing an order regarding the request by Peter Van Steen to Fayette County on behalf of the county and the public to disclaim an interest in and to vacate the interest of the county and the public and or to abandon streets and alleys platted, which appear in a private professional seal survey of property owned by Peter Van Steen in the Thomas Alley One Quarter League A1 in the community of West Point, Fayette County, Texas, Blake. Uh, this is an alley where we abandoned request by Mr. Bansteen, um, where uh, our, our typical abandonment of any interest the county may have um, in those alleys and roadways. Um, I've tried to copy to the order, but I sent Cassie a new one this morning with some linguistic changes in there. Um, so we have our copy for the court to sign. Um, attached is a copy of the survey um, and a copy of the uh, map showing uh, Mr. Bansteen. several individual small tracts of property and these alleys run in between them. 
Could you imagine if there was a water well on every one of those lots? Uh, he said that the county could support the water system. He yeah. said the county system could support all those. Those are some tiny, tiny lots. <laughs> Actually, the setbacks wouldn't allow it, I think. So. Yeah. Okay. I, f I forgot to fill out the form for this one. I just wanted to make a brief okay. comment, if it's okay. Did you fill the form out? Not, not for this one in particular. I just add it to this one, maybe. I'll put the form out real quick. So, you know, I don't, real simple. I don't want to go to jail. It's not a question, it's a comment. But I support this. This is a great well, example. Let's fill that out first so you're really legal. This is 23rd. This is a big government bill. Trying to make things right here. I so you got to fill that for me. <laughs> This is a great example of when a survey is required to serve this purpose because this is a complex piece of property. There will be some of these that may come before the court in the future where a survey is not required, and I'm just drawing attention to this one so when that day comes, you'll know what I'm talking about. This is a very complex property. It requires a survey. Some of these amendments do not, and I just wanted to point that out. So. So any other questions? I move we sign an order regarding a request by Peter Van Seen on behalf of the county and the public to disclaim an interest in and to vacate the interest of the county and public and or to abandon streets, alleys, platted and which appear on private professional sealed survey of property owned by Peter Van Steen in the Thomas Alley One Quarter League A1 in the community of West Point, Fayette County, Texas. Sir, second. Second. Any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. Aye. All opposed? Motion carries names. Agenda item 12 is considered to take appropriate action approving the lease agreement between Fayette County Historical Commission in Fayette County, Texas, for the use of office space located at 252 West Colorado Street, LaGrange, Texas. And I assume that's the old jail. Is, that, is this no, one for the no, old jail? It's Founders Park. Yeah, oh, it's just Founders Park. Park. Yeah. Um, and uh, this is a, a pretty basic uh, lease agreement that we have with them. Um, it is for five years uh, with the opportunity to um, reevaluate it at the end of those five years for additional funds. That's the office stuff that Jason said to use, uh, utilize the office no, office. Okay. Yeah. And this is uh, very similar to uh, the lease that we actually used for Brown Top. And uh, so it's very similar to that. Um, and it is a, uh, a no charge lease for this property. Okay. I move we approve the lease agreement between Fayette County Historical Commission and Fayette County for space on 252 West Colorado Street. Is there a second? Second. Is there any further discussion? I guess I have some discussion. Um, I don't know if this is kind of part of it. Who's going to be in charge of opening and closing the restrooms, the gates? So the, uh, is county, that part the of the county this? clerk? Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
is this myself. because they probably most likely won't be there. Right. Right. Yeah. So it'll be between the county and the city. city so we need, a, do we need an, an additional local, I mean. This has nothing to do with the, the agreement. Of, that's just No, not agreement. this one. But do we need one between us and the city on the maintaining of that facility? Steve's been doing it now. He will open it when he gets there and then he closes it at five or before, but he's doing that right now. But who's opening on the weekend? Well, it, I would say again, this needs to be, this is where the historical society would come in. Most of the activities on the weekends, they sponsor, did tours or whatever. That or they can get the police department to open it up. But that's something, we'll, we'll some work out the yeah. city. Yeah. You sure you don't want to do it? Mm -hmm. Sorry. Sorry. Okay. We appreciate it. It sounds like volunteers. <laughs> I think it's a great, it's great, but that is something that we got to work on. Uh, and we can do that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All in favor? Aye. 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 All opposed? The motion carries unanimously. Agenda item 13, here's the one I was I Consider take appropriate action approving the lease agreement between Texans and War Museum Association, DBA, the Texas Heroes Museum in Fayette County, Texas. For the use of our old jail facility located at 171 South Main Street in Grange, Blake. Yeah, this is essentially just a renewal of the agreement that we already have in place. Just a couple things that I wanted to uh, kind of point out and take it to the court to discuss is um, uh, the, the term of this lease is very long. I know it's something the court has kind of veered away from on some of these things, um, like at the airport, kind of getting rid of some of these long term leases and something more favorable for short term periods, uh, but my understanding is that uh, these long term leases kind of like for the, uh, for the animal shelters so that they can apply for grants um, as if they own that property. Um, otherwise, they from some of those grants. But this is, as drafted, this is a 25 year uh, lease that would go all the way through October 31st, 2047. Um, and it can be reviewed you know, periodically every five years. Um, and, uh, but they're, again, uh, like the Congress Park, this is a non-rent lease. They won't be paying us any money or anything like that. But just want to make sure that that one. 25 sounds like a long time, doesn't it? I mean, okay. You know, this I mean, is, don't, yeah, this is a deal. The initial lease was what? Was it 50? I think so. The initial one was 50 years. Uh, the reason why is that, the you know, Charlie, over there uh, wants to apply for grants. When he applies for grants, these people, well, do you own the property? Do you own, no, we, we're a, you know, 5013, we're releasing it, or they're letting us use it. They run into problems because the people, 
you know, intentionally giving them the grants or saying, well, you may not be there in a year or two, you know? What's gonna happen to this thing? What you, you're not, and so if you can extend the length of the grant, I guess it helps them in their application for grant money. So, because it kind of solidifies. It's the same thing we did with the animal shelter. <clears throat> Extended their lease to make it easier for the for them for the grant to be it does have it in there if they dissolve that lease is void okay yeah that's a good point too Second. Any further discussion? Uh, all in Thanks, Blake, for working on those. All in favor? Aye. Aye. All opposed? Motion carries unanimous. Agenda <coughs> is to acknowledge the new service drops of Colorado Valley Telephone to install new buried fiber optic cables and copper cables from the quarters following roads, Davis Road and Precinct 1. It says just that one, but on the sheet they sent, there's some others on Gansky Road. But I don't know where that is. That's in Drew's. That's Drew's? Either way, I move we acknowledge the service drops for Colorado Valley Telephone on Davis Road and Gansky Road. All in favor? Aye. Second? Aye. So is there a second? Any discussion? <coughs> All in favor? Aye. Aye. All opposed? The motion carries unanimously. Agenda item 15, consider take appropriate action by accepting approving a written plan of Fayette Water Supply Corporation to bore under Onizer, Kasi Road, Precinct 4, place and install new water service line and meter for a customer located at property ID. Romeo 11-2586 and Romeo 11-2589 and require the Fayette Water Supply Corporation to make repairs of any resultant damage done to the roadway, sides, ditches, right-of-way of Onheiser Crossing Road and do paving work, compact and restore the roadway, sides, ditches, and right-of-way all back to finish natural grade. Sir, uh, sorry to have to come to where we're finding more difficult to get easements from residents out there, they think that they can actually stop the progress along the water lines by not signing them, but they're not happy that we can get to come to the court and ask for permission to put it in John right away. But the plan is, is to come down on Hazard-Cosby and cross over the road and go down about 300, 400 foot and go over two services. That area is, is being subdivided, so there's going to be numerous more meters going out there with this Water line, uh, it's approximately 4,000 foot of storage water line. Are you going to continue?
continue going down Warwick more? Since we probably end up going towards 3171. Since all those guys. That whole area is for sale all the way yeah. to the holding kind of a funny story. I had a piece of property in Winchester that they, uh, Lee County was putting, they had to get out in the county right away. You know, two years later, that guy called me back and asked me to clean out the ditch. The ditch is only five feet wide there. Now it's got a water line underneath it because he wouldn't let him go through his property. Uh, well, what we do is, is if they do not uh, uh, sign a lease agreement, there is a refusal of a uh, permit for needs to the property. If that property ever needs water line, they'll have to pay to move it onto the property. Yeah. So there is a, you know, That's a good idea. Because it's so much easier when it's it 10 is. feet inside yeah. private property. Because if I have to move it, I mean, if you don't widen that road up, I have to move it on my cost, you know, and so forth and so forth. But and most of, most of the time, if it's in private property, it's along the fence line, and there's never going to be anything there that they can't just go across. Yeah. It's just Yeah, you have a. You have West End Water. No, that comes from a different county. It's Industry. No, that's still that's their their see that's their area of service. So you that would be out of your area. You right. wouldn't use it. It's like Lee County. It comes all the way to the hospital almost as far as serving that area. That's Lee County Water District. You know, we have our areas that we don't serve. Well, how do they do that? I mean, you're the Fayette County what water. So we pay taxes, right? No. You're a taxing entity. No. Well, the groundwater system is a taxing entity. But how do they map that out? Fayette County water. Just like Fayette Electric and Blue Bonnet. Yeah. Our Blue Bonnet's in Fayette County. That's how they drew the lines. I mean, we're reclaiming it first. Welcome yeah. to Fayette County. You have to go that license to serve the district name. Okay. Okay, guys. Okay. We approved the rich plan by Fayette Water Supply Corporation to pour under Unheiser Kazi Road and Roach Road in place and install new service line and meter for a customer located on Unheiser Kazi and Roach Road and requiring Fayette Water Supply Corporation to make repairs of any resultant damage done to the roadway, side ditches, right away. One Hydro Cosby and Roach Road, and to do paving work, compacting, restoring the roadway, sides, ditches, and right away, all back to finish natural grade. Is there a second? Second. Any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. Aye. All opposed? Motion carries unanimously. Agenda item 16. Consider take appropriate action by accepting and approving the written plan of Bay Water Supply Corporation to Bourne Callis. Road Precinct 3 to place and install new water service line and meter for customer located property ID Romeo 63216 and requiring Fayette Water Supply to make repairs of any resulting damage to the roadway side stitches right away on Callis Road due to paving, compact, and restoring side stitches right away, all back to a finished natural grade. Yeah, this is a single service uh, request uh, for a house that has been built on Callis Road. Our lines on the east side of the college, and we have four under to get to that side. It's a simple two-inch casing with a three-quarter-inch surface line going through the surface line. 
move for approval on item 16. <coughs> second. Second. <coughs> Any further discussion? <coughs> yes. how, do you, how do you, do people come to you and request these hookups? Yeah, what they do is they'll come to the office and they'll ask, get in certain area, and we go out and do estimates and things to them, it'll come back and we'll take care of them. So if you live in the northern part of Fayette County, you've got to go over to it. Austin County to request that service. If it's, if it's, if it's Westfield, they've got to go to industry. If it's Lee County, go to Jennings. If it's Austin, they'll go to Westfield. If you're in Ledbetter, you've got to get from Lee County. All in favor? <laughs> <laughs> All opposed? Motion. <laughs> Agenda item 17 is authorize our county attorney staff members, Blake Watson and Stacy. All next uh, uh, county auditor staff members Cindy Abelka and Cynthia Novak <laughs> and county sheriff's office staff member Candace Kater to attend the Public Information Act training November 29, 2022 in Georgetown, Texas. What is the Public Information Act? Open Records Act. Oh, open records. Okay. Open. And Cindy Novak will not be Okay. Okay. Right. I so move. Is there a second? Second. Any further discussion? All in favor? Uh, Aye. Aye. All opposed? Motion carries unanimously. Agenda item 18, consider take appropriate action concerning fines and fees collected for the period of July 1st, 2022 to September 30th, 2022. County Auditor. Attribute our drop in uh, 
the fines and fees. The fines and fees. Um, I don't know if it's tickets not being written or collected. Uh, I know this report has to be with the uh, criminal cases and the fines being filed. I know she has been behind each quarter. Uh, what, with the exception of the second quarter, she was just slightly ahead. She's slightly ahead right now, but it's not by much from what we were predicting, especially for this in 2022. And I don't know, it's just still that court cases are still moving slowly through the system. Maybe you should bring the JPs in here and ask them that question. Why there's like three, why we're, 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 we're like, on, we're way behind on ours. I mean, I just, you know, there's a lot of criminal activity. You don't have an antique show to... Antique show. Yo, who's that? It's the fines out there. Consider to take appropriate action concerning approving the payment of our currently due Fayette County bills and expenses. Okay, now, out of the ordinary, we had paid Donatex all service for retailing the courthouse doors. That was about 4000 almost $4,300. Um, we had paid Bill Baker. He is a non contract attorney. <coughs> For two court cases, one was an appeal, one was a new one. Uh, one was $2,295, the other was $29,580. We had um, our Tyler Technologies, our Odyssey hosting fee, our quarterly payment to them, $48,639.69. And that again covers all the parts, all the JPs, the district County attorney, the sheriff's department, all these staff. We paid readers, which I will have to correct that. The mini split, the AC system for the radio building, uh, it should have been out of ARP grant, and she took it out of her own one. That's 3700 
Road, which is one of his state matches that he has to uh, do. And then in reviewing my uh, expense report, I noticed I have some questions on the share and forfeiture fund. So I'll hold off on approving on those until I make sure they're coming out of the right hand. Any questions? The draw for 168000 on Wakefield Bridge that was on Farmer Road, that was a TxDOT road grant. Match that we it was set up with the previous commission, Commissioner Morris, but they already finished it. Everything's good to go, and the bridge will be there for ever. As many beings as possible. Good a job they did. That's all. I'm going to send you home. I'm right on the field. Where's the truck? What was the bill for the locks on the courthouse? That's why I just put the road name in there. The bill for the locks on the courthouse? What did you say that was? $1,374. That was for rekeying everything? Rekey and rechange them. I'll tell you what, that, I was shocked how cheap that was. Yeah. You got it done pretty quick, didn't you? Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. We'll find out now. It's a mystery. What did you say? We'll never figure out what happened. You could ask the guy that's in charge of our security. Over the courthouse. It'd be a good way to start. My suggestion. Mm -hmm. Save that for the next meeting. Next year, maybe. Okay. I move we pay the current year to do this. Except for one. With the exception of the fourth or one. With the exception of the fourth or Is there a second? Second. Any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. 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 All opposed? Motion carries unanimous. Do I have another motion? Move we adjourn? Is there a second? Second. Is there any further discussion? Everybody have a happy Thanksgiving. You do the same. All, to be thankful. All in favor? Aye. 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 All opposed? Motion carries.